0: Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!
1: Prince of Paris, Kylian Mbappe. Here's a look at what he's done at PSG. Their all-time top goal scorer, 237 goals he's got in all competitions. The five-time league winner, three-time French Super Cup winner. But his contract expires in June this year. And for more on this, let's bring in our friend Guillaume Balaguet to join us. Good morning, Guillaume. It's so nice to see you. Last time I saw you, we were drinking wine in Porto. This time I'm seeing you, it's raining here, it's raining in Leicester where you are. Nico's having you rearrange your jerseys in the background. (laughs) What's happening this morning? Uh,
2: Basically, that's the the most exciting thing I've done, just moving the the shirts around. But (laughs) but as you say, it's uh, it's an opportunity to uh, tell you again about Mbappé and that uh, saga that never seems to end.
1: It does never seem to end, but hopefully it will end this summer because obviously we're going to know one way or another. What do you think is going to happen, Guillaume, because all the signs point to Kylian Mbappe moving on. It looks the most likely uh, outcome is going to be his move to Real Madrid. However, uh, Al-Khalifi is doing everything he can yet again to try and keep him. He said he's got a gentleman's agreement with him. Mm. How much can we read into this and, and what do you think the outcome realistically is going to be?
2: He didn't explain very well, uh, Al Khalifi, what that agreement was. It's not an agreement to stay. It's an agreement that if he goes, he will actually waive 80 million euros of loyalty bonus that he he should get, Mbappé should get, if he stays at PSG. In fact, some of it has been waived already, uh, and the club didn't have to pay him the first installment of that, which will go back to his pocket, to Mbappé's pocket, if he stays. Obviously, PSG are playing their game, Uh, Real Madrid are playing theirs. What we're hearing from the club is that by the 15th of uh, January, unless Mbappé has decided and has told them that he's coming to Real Madrid, they won't accept anything else. They will just move for Haaland or somebody else. And do you believe them? Because I don't. I think Real Madrid are also playing their game. And so is Mbappé, who uh, after winning the Troféros Champions in Paris, basically, he just said, I haven't decided. And you know what? Uh, it's the closest to the truth, I think, that uh, we can understand. That he hasn't decided means that he hasn't signed anything with anybody. Not yet. Not PSG, not Real Madrid, not Liverpool. Why is Liverpool put into the equation? Because basically, if Mbappe was saying, is Real Madrid I want to go to? Well, uh, negotiations would be easier. If he says, I love Liverpool, and he said that privately, well, then everything gets a little bit more complicated, and I guess the pockets get... Fuller but what we're talking about is a situation that has not been resolved and it will take a while he did say though, he didn't want all this to drag until the summer that by May he mentioned, it will all be sorted we will see, I think everybody expects that to be the case because yes, Real Madrid at some point will have to say, okay, it won't be you, it'll be maybe Haaland maybe not next season, the season after we will see, they will have to change the plans basically Guillaume,
0: so, so where does that leave Luis Enrique? Is he still trying to win the trust and the faith from Mbappe? Is he have to go into this season thinking, I don't know if I'm going to have Mbappe after this year and I have to try and win as much as I can or try and convince Mbappe that this is the right place for him to win trophies. Ultimately, if he does leave, where does that leave Luis Enrique? Where does that leave PSG?
2: Well, Luis Enrique is doing a bit of everything. He's actually flirting with uh, Mbappé, making sure that Mbappé is happy, uh, making him realize that he's got a bunch of things that he has to do. Remember the telling off early in the season when he felt that, you know, Luis Enrique said that Mbappé has has got much more to give. And you have seen a better Mbappé since. So he's doing that, the the job of a coach. He's not the manager. He will not be the one deciding the future of Mbappé. But in any case, there is a plan B. PSG have got already a plan B. The details of which I don't know. I don't think people know yet. But certainly what we're talking about is uh, PSG that will be prepared for the departure of, of Mbappé. Meanwhile, Mbappé is the same guy that when he was 12, 13 in his bedroom, he had a poster of Cristiano Ronaldo wearing the Real Madrid shirt. And he has dreamt of going to Real Madrid. And isn't it now that he's in his mid-20s the perfect time to do so? You would think so. And imagine that team with Mbappé and Vinicius and... Cullingham and all these guys. But in any case, uh, all we can do for now is speculate. Meanwhile, the position of Luis Enrique will get reinforced as long as he does well in the Champions League. They have changed the plans, PSG, haven't they? It's more, it's a younger club. It's a, it's a more French, if you like, team. And certainly exciting when they play well. They're getting better. Last time I asked Luis Enrique about a couple of months ago, he said there's still so much work to do. That work has been put in place, and the team seems to be more competitive. So that's what we stand. But there's not much more. Now, if you ask me tomorrow, it'll be another little story to tell you. But um, the essence of it is that Mbappe has not decided.
0: You mentioned his age, being in his mid twenties. It feels like now is the right move to go where he wants to go. But is that still PSG? There was a lot of talk about him wanting to sort of being part of the architect of them switching around some of the personnel, particularly getting Neymar out of the club. He seems to have gotten everything he's wanted. Do you think that there's something left for him to prove? Do you think he still has that in his mind that he could be a god in Paris if he wins the Champions League with PSG? Or do you think he's at the point where he welcomes
2: a new new move? Quite clearly, he could have gone to Real Madrid three times already. And the three times he said no because he wanted to do what you're describing, the possibility of being the architect of a success era at PSG. But you know what? They got that era. He uh, has been a bit of a disaster in terms of what he expected of PSG, what he expected of the team. And one thing that he did well was to push some of those players that didn't believe in the project out of the equation. Neymar at the forefront of it. Messi was a completely different story. I believe, and I told you here before, that if Luis Enrique had arrived at PSG earlier, he could have convinced, probably would have convinced Messi to stay in France and to continue Uh, or to rekindle that relationship that uh, they had at Barcelona. But yes, Mbappé designed what was happening alongside the club with the idea of being competitive, not just to make it better for him, but to actually make the team stronger. And all of a sudden, he's got Luis Enrique, uh, and and he's got Emerick he's got all the young players that actually are helping him get better. So this season could be one in which he actually leaves with a big trophy, but you look at what PSG are doing and it seems like they've been rebuilding. I feel that he's becoming a little bit impatient and that the next step is to actually go to a club that can guarantee him that success more regularly and one that he's had in his heart. We shouldn't forget that.
3: Guillem, uh, now that we have you, I kind of want to switch gears and ask you about the Supercopa de España or Supercopa de Arabia Saudita, if you want to call it, Um, because it's now in, what, its fourth edition in Saudi Arabia. They've moved the Spanish Super Cup in its expanded format, where someone who didn't win the Copa del Rey or didn't win La Liga can possibly win the Supercopa de España. Um, I understand that prize money and obviously Saudi Arabia being a sponsor of, of La Liga, there are a lot of incentives to take it there. But we understand that what's the perspective in spain from the fans from the people who are members of these clubs um osasuna for example it's their one chance to see osasuna in, in in a Supercopa to play against the big teams and they have to go all the way to saudi arabia what's the perception on the ground in spain
2: i love it nico when you get your cynical voice <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, but you're actually talking about a club that, in Osasuna that are going to get much more money than they would have if the same format was played in Spain, which, as you know, it wasn't. It was just the, the, the winner of the league and the winner of the cup. Now Osasuna, having been a finalist of the Cup last season with Ramari having won it and qualified through the league anyway, will meant, meant that Osasuna now has got the opportunity to play Barcelona in the semi-finals. And the fans in Spain are not political. Uh, Perhaps that is a problem because that means that they just, you know, accept anything that comes their way. Everybody's happy because everybody gets more money. And having had some of the clubs that are not the top three protesting for the distribution of the money originally, they even got more than it was originally planned. So everybody's happy. Uh, Every now and again, there's a little bit of a story about Saudi Arabia and uh, and the situation there with human rights, etc., but it's not taken as seriously as he should be, really. Uh, so it just becomes three big games. And you forgot amongst the uh, benefits of having this type of Super Cup, one that's clearly designed for another Classico. <laughs> that mm. is the idea. And if it can be the final, even better. So, of course, uh, Barcelona plays us as soon as tomorrow. Uh, today is the Madrid Derby. Uh, and it's a possibility that uh, on Sunday, the final will be Barcelona Real Madrid.
0: So give us. The expectations today of the Madrid derby Atletico Real Madrid I-, I watched that Atletico Girona game and what a match but I think that also showed how vulnerable this Atletico Madrid is defensively which I, I didn't expect to see so weird to say what type of teams do you see each club fielding and and how do you see it going
2: Let's see if Atletico Madrid feel they're playing at home or away, because at home, uh, you've seen it, uh, at, the, at the one that they just, they just beat everyone. Away, it's been 13 games with uh, four defeats and only five wins. So they struggle. In fact, the last four uh, visits uh, to other stadiums have been defeats, including that one of, uh, of Girona. You're talking about uh, a Real Madrid that uh, they managed to sort everything out. Every problem they had this season has been sorted. They still got, of course, Militao out. Uh, Alava and Courtois, but they had now a goalkeeper situation with Looney and Kepa playing uh, for one role, and the centre-backs have been fine. In fact, it is the best defence in Europe, with 11 goals conceded in the league. And an, in attack, okay, they depend a lot of Bellingham, and he hasn't scored in the last two games, and when he doesn't score, they struggle a little bit, but still managed to not lose a game, since they lost the only one this season, which was against... Atletico Madrid. Madrid. So... That is what the hope of the neutral, if you like, that Atletico Madrid brings the same version that they did against Real Madrid that beat them. I think it was 3-1 at Real Madrid that had obvious problems in that game. But again, they adapted to it. And instead of having such vulnerable uh, spaces down the flanks, especially, now they are much more solid. And uh, with uh, Bellingham that does all the defending and all the attacking in good form that got out of that little play and uh, haven't lost since. So let's see what we find. But um, what's certain is that Atletico Madrid still haven't found the perfect form of what Simeone wants to do, which is, let's be as, def- as, as, as strong defensively as we've always been. Let's attack better. Let's have more of the ball. And that balance hasn't been found when, when they find it. Um, it looks really good, especially at home. Away, as you say, they seem a little bit vulnerable. So Riyadh is away. Really, or should the hope?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. It's weird, though, isn't it? Today, Atleti's attack probably been better than their defence. Let's see what happens in Riyadh. Uh, Guillaume, good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us.